0: Hey everyone, before I begin today's show, I want to take a minute and encourage you to check out today's sponsor, Museum Replicas. Museum Replicas was founded in 1985 to provide the most authentic battle-ready swords and armor to the public. They have a variety of products from the historical and fantasy themes of medieval, Greek, Roman, Renaissance, steampunk, Viking, and more. They've worked closely with many movie studios to make props and prop replicas, for acclaimed movies such as Gladiator, Kingdom of Heaven, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and Lord of the Rings. Museum Replicas has a beautiful selection of swords, armor, and weapons of all kinds. And because you are a dedicated listener to this show, you can save 10% off your entire order when using the promo code VIKINGHIST. That's Viking H-I-S-T at museumreplicas.com. When it comes to swords and armor, Museum Replicas is the best of the best, and I highly encourage you to check them out. I'd also like to take a moment to tell you about an awesome book that has just become available for pre-order. This book is something which I have read and sincerely recommend you all check out. It's called The Origin of Names, Words, and Everything in Between by my good friend Patrick Foote, who runs a YouTube channel called Name Explain. This book is all about the origin of names, etymology, and the history of words and phrases we use every day but don't even think about. As I said, this was a delightful read, and you can find the book on Amazon. I'll put links in the description below, so be sure to check out the origin of names, words, and everything in between. Without further ado, I now present to you my interview with Yana Yintin. I'm so excited for today's episode because I am joined by the Jona Jenten, Swedish photographer, artist, and in 2016 voted to Inspire of the Year in Finest Awards, which is the Nordic region's largest blog competition. Jana, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to join your podcast.
0: It's an honor to have you. So, you know, Jana, you're known for so many things, but perhaps one of the things that you're best known for is the ancient Swedish herding call that you practice calling. So I'd love for you if you could just tell my audience, tell my listeners a little bit about kooling, uh what it is and how you got into it.
1: Of course. Um, so kurling—it's that's how you pronounce it in Sweden. <laughs> uh, so it's... Uh... A kind of vocal or singing technique with a very high pitch sound that was mostly used by women in, especially Sweden and Norway back in the days, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think it has its roots in the medieval age actually. So it's it's very old kind of singing technique.
0: Wow, that's fascinating. So was this something that you grew up around? Was this something that was sort of part of your family tradition, or at what age did you discover this?
1: Well, it, it was not part of my family tradition because I'm I'm kind of too young uh, to have experienced that. Uh, it's it kind of stopped around 1950. So my my mother her, uh, was uh, grown up with cooling because uh, her grandmother did it. Um, but since it stopped ni- 1950, I I never got to hear it in real life. Uh, but I discovered it the first time when I was. 12 years old and I remember it so strong because it was a beautiful experience. I was at a music mu- at a music museum with my school and uh, there was this woman that uh, worked there and then she just said uh, she told us to hold our, our hands over our ears and then she performed some cooling and it was very very loud and it was amazing. I, I remember I was so fascinated and I asked her a thousand questions afterwards, like, how, how do I learn? How do I practice? And, and since then, I've always wanted to learn it, but I didn't really start until three years ago, actually.
0: Wow, that's so beautiful. That's such a beautiful story and absolutely fascinating. You know, one thing I love about sort of Swedish culture and in the culture of, of Northern Europe generally, and one thing obviously I watch your vlog, and this is one thing that has been so inspiring for me when watching is just the the beautiful culture of the North up there. Uh, just the beautiful forests and in the auroras and the Northern Lights and the beautiful lakes and just just the landscape is is so beautiful, but. What does what is living in Sweden mean to you? Is this something that is very near and dear to your heart? I remember watching a video, a song for Sweden, I believe it was, which was absolutely beautiful.
1: Ah, uh, yes, that's uh that was my uh kind of uh style of the Swedish anthem. And uh yes, I I I really love this country for many reasons. Uh it's given me a beautiful uh life of course um, and the nature is so so beautiful and I think especially people in Sweden uh, doesn't really take care of that they don't really see it mostly people outside Sweden see the beauty of it Uh, so I think to do that song was a way of really showing like can you see what a beautiful country this is (laughs) yeah
0: That's incredible. My next question uh, for you is, and this is something that uh, you're also very well known for. You know, I'll just kind of hand the microphone over to you and let you uh, just describe it to all of my listeners who perhaps haven't heard of you yet. But what is your story? Your story is a very inspiring one indeed, and one that you've summed up quite nicely in a wonderful video on your YouTube channel. But I would just love it if you could tell the story of Jana Jintin, how you came to live in this beautiful small village in the north that you do, and how you moved from a busy city lifestyle in southern Sweden. So would you be willing to just share that with my listeners today?
1: Yes of course I can well it's it's sometimes very hard to you know do a, sh- a short presentation of my story but um, it began I, I grew up in uh, near Gothenburg uh, which is a big city in the south of Sweden uh, and uh, when I actually <laughs> grew up uh, outside that city but when I was 17 we lived like in the middle of the city and uh, I really felt... Like I was in the wrong place, and uh, when I uh, went out of high school, I felt very lost in life. I didn't really know what I should do. Um, but that's at that age, many people are like living their life. They're like traveling, getting jobs, getting apartments, and I just felt so lost. I was really depressed because all I could think about was, you know, another life. I wanted to live close to nature, and I, I dreamed about having a cottage with a fire and a dog and and uh, yeah, it, it's actually a quite a long story until I took the move. But when I was 21 years old, it was 2010, I, I just decided to move because uh, we had a little summer house in the north of Sweden where my mother is born and my mother's mothers. I have actually have roots back there in 12 generations. So every, every summer when I was young, we visited this little place and I've always loved it so much. And it's only... 10 inhabitants living there so it's like a little village in the middle of the forest uh it was all that i was dreaming of <laughs> so i actually i just got sick of the town the city and the city life and i just moved and i had literally nothing i didn't have a plan i didn't have any money or actually i bought a, a an old car on the way up with all my money <laughs> that i had because uh, i needed a, a car to you know get to the closest uh, store and, and so um but yeah that that's how it started I moved and I didn't know what was going to happen but at that moment I started a blog uh, so I you know could share my life with with my family and tell what's going on and uh, from there another life began for me I I started with uh, photography and writing and uh, everything and, and things just sold out I got a little job on a farm and and I, I found a way to make a living. And well, it's been really, really hard, but, but I'm here. I still live here today.
0: <laughs> How wonderful. And you still live there today. That's such an inspiring story. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing that I really hold dear to my heart. Uh, my, my good friend, Bjorn Andreas Hansen. for those of you listening, he was on the show before, Norwegian novelist and blogger. That's one thing that he talked about in one of his vlogs was just this talking about uh, survival and survive, the most important survival tools in life. And he was saying the importance of, of disconnecting uh, from the busy city life that can oftentimes be more harmful and more dangerous to our health than actually living out in the woods on a cold, dark night. So I think that's that's so special.
1: Yeah, that's very true.
0: So now I'm curious. So you started your blog back in 2010. Is that right?
1: Yes, exactly. I started it the same week as I moved here.
0: Wow. So were you just basically sharing photos and, and stories of, of this new life in the north? And and when you first moved, what did that look like? Like here you are, you know, a city girl, if you will, moving all the way to the north of Sweden with, with no idea, with nothing. And you just started this new life for yourself. So you mentioned and I can imagine. Uh, the hardships that you must have encountered. But how were those hardships, if you can understand what I'm getting at, how were those hardships when compared to the the beauty of that region? You know, what what did your first days look like?
1: Um, well, the first days, I think it was like when you're in love <laughs> the first days. I, I didn't really realize what I was doing. I was just so happy that I finally left the city. Uh, I was like walking on clouds uh, but the, the really hard parts began when the winter came because I moved in the summer and uh, in October we already had uh, minus uh, 16 Celsius degrees which is really cold and the first snow came and I I was uh, freezing a lot because the, the house that I lived in was really bad. <laughs> and i had bought some wood but it was all wet so it was really hard every day for me to make fire in the stove and and i at first i didn't even have any any hot water so uh, i the first months i had to to you know bath swim in the lake to to get clean and yeah it was you know it was like another world i felt like i lived 100 years back in time i really had to start from scratch and but that time like the first year i i lived like that and it just teached me so much. I finally started appreciating the small things in life again, like just feeling warm or, you know, having food on the table because I was really poor at that time as well.
0: (laughs) Hey, guys, a little while ago, I told you about Museum Replicas, the company responsible for supplying the weapons in many acclaimed films such as Gladiator, Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. Museum Replicas has a wide variety of Viking products, but right now I'm going to take a moment and tell you about two of my favorite. The Viking Ulfbert Sword is their most popular Viking sword. This sword is made in high-quality 1065 carbon steel with excellent balance. The grip is made from wood wrapped in leather with a beautiful steel crossguard. This sword is absolutely brilliant, and I encourage you all to go check it out. My second favorite Viking sword of Museum Replicas is the Ashdown Viking Sword. This is the sword of Alfred the Great, who led the army of King Ethelred of Wessex to a glorious victory against the invading Danish army. This sword signifies the main sword used by him during this decisive battle. Again, made in high-quality 1065 carbon steel, this sword is lavishly decorated and absolutely beautiful. You can save 10% off your entire order when you go to museumreplicas.com and enter the promo code VIKINGHIST. That's VIKING, V-I-K-I-N-G, HIST, H-I-S-T, and that's short for history. I encourage you all to go to museumreplicas.com and save 10% off your order when using the code VIKINGHIST. That's so inspiring. Now, what do you think your life would look like today if you would have never moved to the, if you would have never made that trip and started your new life?
1: Wow, that's a good question. I often think about it, actually. And I feel just, I just feel this <laughs> terrible feeling in my heart thinking about that if I would never have moved. I think I would just have, because I tried really hard the first years before I moved to, to, you know, find my place in the city. I wanted to to find a job that I liked or uh, education. And I, I, I tried to make myself want to have a good, like a nice apartment and all that. But I think if I never moved, I guess I would just have, you know, find that find a place and think okay this is all that life was and i guess i would have worked i think i would have worked in a hospital or something because i was uh, doing uh, education to to become a nurse when i moved that i i quit the education so i guess i would have worked in a hospital having a apartment and i don't know just having a, a life that i didn't really dream of i guess
0: so what were your friends like when, when you left the city? Were they like, Yana? you're crazy. What are you doing? You have nothing. Was it like that? Or were they more sort of accepting and encouraging?
1: Uh, well, I first of all, I didn't really have that many friends when I moved because I grew up in a city just uh, – like 50 kilometers outside Gothenburg and uh, so when I was 17 I moved into the city so most of my friends I kind of lost a a connection with (laughs) but I had some some really close friends and I I did this decision in two weeks so it was like I just said one day when we were having a coffee and I just said I'm gonna move up to the north and yeah I think they were just a bit shocked they were like what (laughs) uh I but they they were happy for me uh because they have had heard me talk about this dream of mine for many years, I guess, because I've always talked about this village in the north that allows so much. Mm. So, so they were happy for me, even though maybe they thought I maybe would come back again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's that's super interesting. One thing that I've been trying to do more on my podcast, on my show, is. You know, Too often, obviously, my show's about the history of the Viking Age and Norse mythology, and it's a very uh, factual show. We talk a lot about the facts and <laughs> historical sources, but I feel as though the significance of history and culture can get lost when you're only focusing on the facts. So one thing that I've been trying to do is just just getting inspired by these things that we talk about so much, getting inspired by tradition and culture and history and I just think that's so so important to do because when we just focus on the black and white facts and this kind of goes back to city life which is all about that you know our appreciation and gratitude just gets lost for these things so I'm curious what inspires you every day what inspires you to do your vlog and and create your your beautiful jewelry line and and keep doing what you're doing
1: um I think my yeah what inspires me is to i want to give something to to people i want to um affect them in and i don't know why it's so hard sometimes to express myself in english but uh, um I, I think it started when when i saw people's reaction to to my photos and my my Qling and and my videos and everything I, I felt that okay i i can continue doing this and give something i can touch people's hearts in some way and that is really what inspires me that's definitely why i want to keep going every day and and take better pictures and do more beautiful uh, videos or music because i feel that maybe i can just give them something like a break from the daily life Uh, maybe make people feel a little bit less stressed in a way
0: we all crave that in a way. It's kind of like watching your, you know, your videos. When when you uh, sing and you practice these herding calls, and the cows come to you, it's almost like an ancient part of their souls, if you will, still remembers hearing that music, and they still come to you. It's kind of like deep down in our hearts, we all crave a simpler life.
1: Yeah, that's so beautiful described. <laughs>
0: If you could just give us some insight, you know, what's what's next for Yanni Ginton? You've recently launched your jewelry line, uh crafted by your husband uh not too long ago, which is absolutely beautiful. And my understanding is that it's been taking off, which is really exciting. But you know, what is next? I you've won all these wonderful awards and, and your jewelry is doing very well. But um, could you just give us a little insight there?
1: Hmm. Um well, what's next? I think is uh, that I I really would like to do more with the the and the music. Uh, my dream has been a long time now that I want to make uh, an album, um, so I focus a lot on the music right now. And uh, otherwise, I I I rarely have you know big dreams like that. I I feel right now that I I'm just so happy with life right now that I get to to do what I love every day and uh, you know spend my days out in nature capturing beautiful moments and uh so i just want to keep doing that and uh, and then i will be happy
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah no that that makes perfect sense to me now going back to you know uh culling and i'm not even i'm butchering the translation in my my yankee northern accent here Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but you know Again, that's just something that is is so fascinating to me, just the way that, you know, you've described it. And before I had discovered your video some time ago, I had actually never heard of it before. But, you know, so is that going back and these are probably super basic questions, but it's so intriguing. So this is something that farmers would use to get their cattle to come to them. Is that right?
1: yeah exactly it's uh, it was used uh, it, it's like the uh, it comes from the herding culture in Sweden. Um, back in time every summer the women uh, went to little farms out in the forest to let the the cows and the goats uh, gaze there uh, from the forest. so they, they didn't need, they didn't need to have it them on the farm. and uh, so that's how it began. They called back the cows and the goats. Uh, from the forest in the nights and sometimes they needed to call them really loud so killing can be heard like over 10 kilometers away Uh, so uh, that's what it was used for mainly but also to communicate you know to communicate with other women far away Um, yeah Mm.
0: yeah and that's probably you know back then people would have obviously lived uh, much further distances than they do now So when you first, was it difficult for you to learn? Is it difficult for someone to learn how to do that?
1: Um, I actually don't think it's so difficult as people think, because uh, most people think that you have to be a good singer, but you really don't because it's not your singing voice. It's your shouting voice. Uh, so you just need to be able to shout (laughs) Uh, but of course (laughs) you need to practice the technique uh, so you don't damage your voice and but both men and women can learn everyone can learn Uh, but the beautiful thing about it is that everyone has their own sound you cannot really sound like anyone else you you have your own voice and you can go maybe not as high pitched as someone else but you can do other sounds so everyone can learn and it's not that hard
0: yeah no it's it's different for everyone that's something i i really love about it and obviously you know speaking of cattle you have a farm is that uh, my understanding
1: uh no I, I don't have uh my own farm i only have a little cow <laughs> but uh every summer um the farmer brings uh, her uh i don't know what you call it it's, it's not cows they haven't got a, a calf yet you say yeah
0: yeah that's right a calf
1: yeah so so they come here during the summers to to go on the fields uh so i don't have a farm on my own but i'm i'm a very good friend with the farmer and i spend sometimes some days at the farm to help and be with the with the cows
0: interesting now my last question to you is this you know just admiring all of your work and, and everything you do I think it's it's really uh, something that has helped so many people and touched the lives of, of so many people but you know I think that your story isn't necessarily unique to you I think there's a lot of people out there who are stressed out uh, they're unmotivated they they don't they're not satisfied by daily life you know going off to especially young people like myself people who are expected to go off to college and get an apartment right away and work a job right away and do this, this, this. They want something bigger. They want something brighter and they want something traditional and beautiful. So what would you say to those people? Because it's kind of risky, isn't it? When you went off to the north and moved, what would you say to those people who were exactly where you were?
1: Well, I would say, because most people, they are like asking me, how did you do? How did you take the first step and everything like that? And I always try to say that. Uh, like the only reason that I actually could move and take that step was that I didn't think too much, like on the future. I didn't think too many steps ahead. Because if I would have done that, then I would have feel too much fear to move. I would be like, how am I gonna make a living? How am I gonna, you know, live there? But you know, I always felt that when you just, you know, take a leap and do something out of the box, miraculously something is gonna happen that you never could have imagined and i think that's such it's so beautiful i've experienced it so many times during during these years uh so i i really like to encourage people to to don't think too much if you feel something try to go for it even if it's not so easy always of course it depends on what situation you are in but but yeah, to not do not overthink.
0: No, I think that's, that's wonderful advice. Do not overthink. Sometimes you just gotta go. You just gotta jump. That's that's beautiful. Well, Yana, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Well, thank you so much.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's my pleasure. I've been wanting to have you on the show uh, for quite some time, so this was a, a real honor for me and everyone listening. I hope you've enjoyed this. I will put links to all of Yana's stuff in the description below. So I encourage you to check out her jewelry line, her website, uh, her videos, everything like that. But again, Yana, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much, Noah. It was so fun to join the podcast.
0: If you enjoyed this episode of The History of Vikings, why don't you do me a favor and write me a five-star review? That really helps the show, and I love reading five-star reviews. You can always feel free to contact me with any questions or suggestions. My email is Noah at com. Thank you all so much for joining me again this week. Join us again right here next week on The History of Vikings podcast.